Hello and welcome to the Friday, March 12th, 2021, pre-St. Paddy's Day edition of Iowa on Iowa Politics. This week, elephants on parade, securing elections, and relief is on the way. Hi, I'm James Lynch with the Cedar Rapids Gazette. With me today are Tom Barton of the Quad City Times. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, James. Amy Rivers of the Waterloo Cedar Falls Courier. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, James. And Gazette Opinion Editor Todd Dorman. Good morning, Todd. Good morning. You can find us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to On Iowa Politics wherever you find your podcast. First up, Elephants on Parade. We're more than a thousand days from the 2024 first in the nation Iowa caucuses, and already some Republicans are headed our way. Perhaps they heard about our unseasonably warm weather, not due to climate change, mind you, and are making a quick spring break uh, vacation in Iowa. Later this month, the former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo will visit Iowa to help the party and advocate for conservatives. Interestingly, he capitalized conservatives. I guess they're a party now. Florida Senator Rick Scott will be in Iowa April 1st, April Fool's Day, make of that what you will, for a Cedar Rapids fundraiser with Senator Joni Ernst and special guest Ashley Hinson. And while in Iowa, perhaps Scott will plead with Senator Chuck Grassley not to retire so the Republicans don't have to uh, have an open seat race here in 2022. Uh, I think what this tells us, Todd, is that uh, Iowa still matters. Sure. And I would note that I, uh, I, you know, edit letters to the editor. So I've learned that you can capitalize any word you want to capitalize. <laughs> so, yes. there you go. Uh, yeah, at least on the Republican side, it does. And uh, the Democrats are still trying to figure out whether Iowa is going to matter. But, uh, you know, it's the other, of course, thing that we need to learn about that will definitely matter is what what is Donald Trump going to do? Because all of the, you know, way too ridiculously early polls show him as still being the heavy Republican favorite should he decide to run again in 2024. But it doesn't hurt for Rick Scott and Pompeo and and uh, these folks to, to come here and get their names in the newspaper and uh, raise some money for Republicans and, and uh, you know, give a speech and fire up the troops. So, yeah, I mean, this is... This is what happens that you don't get too far away from the from one election before the next one starts. So here we go. Who Who's going to be next? Um, I mean, I, I'm surprised that Marco Rubio hasn't been here. Um, uh, you know, anyone yeah. have some, uh, you know, favorites of who, who will be coming to Iowa over this summer? I mean, there's I can't think of a good reason, um, really. I mean, there's no elections this year, but uh Somebody will probably want to raise funds for. Uh... I wouldn't be surprised if you see Nikki Haley. Sure, uh, Nikki Haley. I wouldn't. You know, Ron DeSantis might decide to leave hot, muggy Florida for a cooler climate sometime this this summer. Well, he he could come in August to the state fair and it you know be hot and muggy then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And feel at home. He could come and leaf peep, you know, in the fall, something like that. <laughs> Check with your local Iowa travel agent for more details. <laughs> Pompeo has been here before. He was the last time I think was in July of 2020 to speak at the Family Leader Summit, which is not a bad speaking engagement for conservatives, small C or capital C. Uh, he was on the agenda with uh, the My Pillow guy, Mike. Uh, what's his name, Riddell? Um, 
so uh, he was in good company there. Um, you know, my pillow guy, I guess, is thinking about running for governor of Minnesota now. Um, should be an interesting campaign. Uh, and as far as uh, Scott, I don't know that he's been to Iowa before this, but um, I guess we have to consider any of these folks who come to Iowa as 2024ers, um, maybe potential GOP presidential candidates. Of course, Republicans did well here in 2020, picked up two congressional seats, held a third and defended a U.S. Senate seat. However, in 2020, it also appeared that the electoral map uh, is tightening in many parts of the country. Amy, does this make Iowa more attractive, not that we're not attractive, and, and more necessary for Republicans going into the 2020 midterms as they hope to hold their own and uh, capture the U.S. House? Yeah, I mean, obviously, 2020 is going to be important for Republicans all over the country. Um, these margins are very tight. Um, and, and in the House, they only need to flip 10 seats, is it, to, to take it back? So, yeah, definitely is going to be tight. And I think um, Iowa could be a good breeding ground for that. It has been um, going a little bit more red in recent years. So I think if you're a Republican consultant, you're thinking you've got some pickup opportunities here. Um, you've really only got the one pickup opportunity, but it's entirely possible um, that they could get it. I know that um, Axne has been asked about if she's going to run for Senate and hasn't ruled it out. So that's an interesting um, thing in the mix as well. Um, if they if they can't get somebody um, in that seat, you know, to to do just as well, that could really be an opportunity for Republicans. Right. And, and some people are suggesting she run for governor. So she's got a lot of options mm -hmm. there. Um, of course, before uh, Republicans can pick up that fourth uh, Iowa U.S. House seat, um, they need to hang on to the second district seat that's provisionally held by Marionette Miller Meeks. Um, it's been a while since we talked about that Iowa second district race and Democrat Rita Hart's challenge to Miller Meeks being seated in Congress. Tom, um, what's new in, in that situation? The uh, Committee on House Administration took a uh, procedural step uh, on Wednesday to begin delving into the merits of uh, Democrat Rita Hart's election challenge um, in that congressional district. The committee voted six to three along party lines with Democrats in favor, Republicans opposed to postpone a decision on um, Iowa Republican U.S. Representative Marionette Miller Meeks motion to dismiss Hart's election contest challenging the outcome uh, in the Iowa race. It was the closest federal race in the country during the 2020 election cycle and uh, among the closest U.S. congressional races in history, uh, separated by a mere six votes out of roughly 400,000 cast uh, for a margin of less than one-sixth of one percent. Um, as you noted, Miller Meeks was provisionally seated as a, a new member of, of Congress after a bipartisan panel of state officials certified the election results in November. Um, she filed a motion to dismiss the case, arguing that uh, more than a century of precedent required Hart to exhaust all legal remedies at the, the state level before taking your case to Congress. Um, House Democrats, however, dismissed uh, that argument, reiterating that the 1969 law under which Hart is challenging the election outcome doesn't require exhausting all state legal challenges in that the House is the final arbiter of elections of its members and uh, would not have been bound by any state court rulings, even if Hart had pursued her case in, in Iowa court. So now the committee um, appears on track to give Iowa's second congressional district race a, a fuller airing. Um, the committee chairwoman, U.S. Representative Zoe Lofgren, a Democrat from California, 
said Congress has a, an obligation to review Hart's claims that some lawfully cast ballots were, were not counted. Um, Hart's campaign has identified 22 ballots that claims were legally cast but not counted due to election worker error, and that had those 22 ballots been tallied, that uh, Hart of Wheatland uh, would have would have won by nine votes. Um, the uh, committee chairwoman, uh, Zoe Lofgren, um, said that Hart, uh, quote, has raised specific credible allegations that enough validly cast ballots were, were wrongly excluded and enough to, to potentially reserve the election outcome. Um, she went on to say that, uh, quote, today, none of us uh, can state with confidence who actually won this election. And that is it is the um, solemn responsibility of the committee to, um, quote, find the facts, to search for truth and act accordingly without partisan bias. Um, she said that she plans to consult with the, the ranking member of the committee, uh, Republican U.S. Representative Rodney Davis of Illinois, to send both Miller Meeks uh, and Hart a set of identical questions about the specific procedures, legal principles, timelines they believe should control the course of the case, and then once returned, make their answers available for, for public review. Um, Miller Meeks' attorney and her legal said that her legal team will prepare and file an answer to, uh, to uh, Hart's notice a contest. Um, Davis, the ranking member, um, argued that uh, the committee should be should not be moving forward with overturning our colleagues' um, state-certified election. He said it would be one of the, quote, greatest mistakes uh, this House makes where the candidate sidestepped the courts and instead turned to partisan political process in the House because they know that uh, they couldn't win any other way. There you have it. Um, it they, they don't seem to be moving with a lot of speed on this. Could Democrats just kind of keep this going until, say, oh, mid-2022 uh, and then flip the script, make Hart the incumbent going into the November elections? Uh, theoretically. Um, I mean, there is no deadline for the House to resolve um, Hart's election contest, but I don't foresee that scenario playing out. Um, it would be a bold and politically dicey move. For Democrats to make. And um, I, I don't think that they would want the blowback that would come from that um, after what we witnessed with the deadly January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol by um, supporters of former President Donald Trump to have the 2020 Electoral College results overturned by Congress. At this point, I just don't see the political appetite among Democrats to do that, um, some of whom have already said that they're hesitant to vote on the House floor to overturn the state's uh, certified election results. Yeah, and I think we've touched on this before, but it just seems like given all the um, controversy over the 2020 election, the Donald Trump's supposed victory, um, uh, it, it kind of looks like it, it would be bad optics, as, as they say in politics, um, for Democrats to throw out the results of the, an election. Um, although, I mean, obviously, Hart is making the case that the, it should be thrown out. So, um, I mean, I guess you can you can certainly argue this one both ways. Um, but it, 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 I do kind of get the impression that this is that they're throwing this back and forth, keeping the issue alive, but they're it could be one that there never is any final action. I mean, that, that they may never, never reach resolution until the 2022 election <laughs> and let that uh, solve the question. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like both parties are kind of posturing without any plan or intent to, to do anything. Um, 
However, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, in responding to a, a reporter's question during a, a recent press conference, said um, that, uh, of course, there's a scenario where the state certified election results are overturned and, and Miller Meeks is, is, is unseated. Um, Pelosi, though, went on to say that, uh, quote, I respect the work of the committee and uh, said that uh, we'll see where, where that takes us. And but again, said that there could be a scenario to that extent. Um, we'll see. Um, but I guess at, at this point, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if there's a lot of appetite among House Democrats to do that at this point. Um, I think that they just kind of want to make sure that it's not dismissed out of hand um, <clears throat> and, and can at least say that we gave this a, a full airing. Um, but but again, right now, I just see both parties posturing back and forth without really a plan or urgency to want to act on this. Maybe they could share a seat or do it, you know, on alternating <laughs> weeks or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Amy, uh, well, it looks like Republicans are following the usual pattern of candidates making non-campaign visits to Iowa. The Democratic caucuses remain at risk. Not only have some of the party's national leaders called into question the future of the kickoff event in the nomination process, and, and uh, Nevada Democrats are mounting a challenge by uh, calling for a primary in January. Um, but some Iowa Democrats are saying it's time to say goodbye to the caucuses. Johnson County Democrats uh, recently uh, opened the door by voting to call for a primary. Um, should we expect other county Democratic parties to follow suit that uh, you know, once, once the door is open, everybody wants to get through there? It's possible. I think, um, you know, obviously Johnson County is always an outlier in, in the state, but it obviously is a big Democratic stronghold. Um, if you've got other big Democratic strongholds like Scott County, like Blackhawk County, like Polk County following suit, you really could start to see a groundswell. Um, but I don't know. I think, you know, there's just so many parts that Iowa can't control that the parties can't control. Right. So if you go to a primary, you've got New Hampshire that's going to be like, well, then you're not going first anymore, you know, and then what does that mean? Do the parties really care about that? Um, you know, there's been some polling to suggest that maybe Iowans don't care as much about the first in the nation caucus as we honestly think that they do. Um, as much as reporters care about it later in the process. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, but I think, you know, eventually this is really going to change. Is this the thing that makes it change? Maybe not. Well, Following caucuses, there are elections and uh, updating election laws uh, to make it easier to vote and harder to cheat seems to be an annual exercise for the Iowa legislature. This year being no exception, bearing down on a funnel deadline, state house Republicans chose to spend their time and energy sending more election restrictions to Governor Kim Reynolds, who seemed excited to sign that bill. Uh, Todd, should the latest bill be called the Posthumous Trump Second Term Memorial Act? <laughs> well, it, it, it sure seems like from what we heard on the floor of at least the, especially the Senate, that the, the president's contention, or the former president, sorry, his contention that... He's um, still president, right? Well, his his <laughs> releases say the 45th president of the United States, but we do have a 46th, so, I, you know, <laughs> you know, just... Whoever you want your president to be, just go ahead and, and pick one. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's you know, the, this argument made in favor of more voting restrictions was, you know, for some, 
tied to the idea that the presidential election was stolen. And we've, we've heard a lot of this, you know, lots of people feel that the election was not, it was rigged or was not uh, done right. So we have to put more restrictions on. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is like so many things we've seen this legislative session. It's clear that Trump may have left the White House, but uh, his ideas are still alive and well in the in the state house. The legacy lives on. Yeah, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to throw something in there. I, I find it interesting that Republicans talk about we we need these these changes because we need to ensure you know integrity and confidence in the election process. But but then the 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 biggest. Um, issue that we had in Iowa uh, with, with elections was the recount process in the Iowa second congressional district. And none of this would, would address the issues that have been raised with that, that recount process that it, you know, that you didn't have a uniform process um, from County to County, you know, some counties did hand recounts, some only did machine recounts, some did a hybrid version of both. Um, you know, you've got Democrats and, and Rita Hart's campaign arguing that, um, you know, you had thousands of ballots that um, uh, weren't reviewed, you know, for, for voter intent, you know, that you had undervotes, overvotes um, that, you know, you, you couldn't check for the voter intent there. Um, it just, yeah, it seems odd to me that we talk about, uh, Republicans talk about election integrity, but, you know, it seems like one of the biggest issues um, that, you know, raises questions about the integrity election or the recount process. And nothing in this bill would, would address that. There's been some talk that they they will address that in a separate bill, but I haven't seen anything that would do that. And it, it does. I think you raise a good point that it's not the pre-filled absentee ballot request forms that make people question the election results. Uh, it's that if I vote in one county, my ballot might be counted differently than the ballots cast in the next county. Or, and I mean, it varies from state to state. Um, supposedly, what is it? HR one bill in Congress would. You know, federalize these uh, you know congressional races or elections and eliminate that although I, I'm somewhat skeptical <laughs> of that and uh, you know so I, I, to me that's always more of a question about how are how are the ballots handled how are they counted what's counted uh, I'm not as concerned about what time the polls open or close or, or uh, what day of the week but uh, yeah. I like that they're closing an hour earlier. Yeah. I'll just say it. I, I'm all for that. <laughs> <laughs> Self-interest. That's right. Yep. Get to go home well, <clears throat> in all of our interest, it only took 50 days for President Joe Biden to rescue America. <laughs> this week, he signed the $1.9 trillion American rescue plan that will send relief checks to Americans as soon as this weekend. Perhaps while you're listening to this podcast, your check will be in the mail. It also will extend $300 emergency unemployment benefits into early September, expand tax credits for children, child care and family leave, and support renters, feeding programs, and people's utility bills. Polls have shown this plan to be popular with Americans 60 to more than 70%, according to most polls, including more than 40% of Republicans. And yet the plan was approved without Republican support. Amy, you heard from Chuck Rasley and, and First District Rep Ashley Hinson this week. Um, don't they read the polls? What was it they didn't like about rescuing Americans? You know, they, they liked the rescuing part that they agreed with. So like they're, they're saying, okay, we like the pandemic parts and they, they define the pandemic parts very specifically as testing, 
vaccination, um, and then a little more broadly, uh, money to schools and, and hospitals and that sort of thing. What they didn't like was um, the $350 billion that's going to states, counties, and, and local municipalities. Um, they figured that's that's too broad and, and not really targeted relief that they were looking for. Um, and then they just didn't like that, um, you know, these earmarks were sort of added in and, you know, and a lot of them got taken out. So so you had obviously the, the $15 minimum wage got taken out. But then also, you know, the the Republicans made a lot of hay over Nancy Pelosi's Silicon Valley sub Silicon Valley subway system. And and the fact that, um, you know, money was going to California um, and, and New York, whereas California has um, something like a $15 billion budget surplus right now. And New York, you know, is is mired in, in debt and just and both of those were really untenable to Republicans. They were saying, you know, well, Iowa is balancing our budget. We have a we have a circle. You know, we're doing fine. Um, so you're really just sort of seeing, I think, Republicans sort of hewing back um, from the Trump years when when spending wasn't really talked about. And and they're talking about spending again. They they know it's a big issue. And now that, that Trump is not in office, they're they're sort of able to talk about that again. So I think you're really going to see a lot more. Let's try to rein in the spending talk. So that was their big issue. Tom, has the die been cast here that, uh, um, yeah, I mean, as we said, no Iowa Republicans supported the relief package. Uh, Third District Democrat Cindy Axney did support it. Um, but going forward on major pieces of legisla- legislation, is is everything going to be a party line vote in Congress now? Um, I'm afraid that that's probably, yeah, what, what, what we're going to see. I mean, you know, as, as Amy pointed out in detail with, uh, with the, um, stimulus package, I mean, I, I think, yeah, unfortunately kind of that writing is on the wall and this is kind of uh, the new normal now and what we're going to see going forward. And, and Todd, I mean, it, it comes as no surprise that a big piece of legislation like this is loaded up with things that are not directly related to COVID relief. Um, and both parties do this. Um, and it, it almost seems like it's part of a way to, you write a bill, it's American Rescue Plan, but we're also rescuing a, a San Francisco subway. So you almost guarantee that the other party won't support it. And so these things, it, it makes it easier to become a campaign issue. You know, Republicans oppose relief. Uh, you know, Democrats are all for San Francisco subways. Uh, these make great campaign ads, don't they? Sure. Yeah. I mean, S- Silicon Subway, I mean, it's alliterative, so it's, it's <laughs> a, a good campaign ad. Well, you know, it's, it's ironic. I mean, a lot of these guys that are complaining about that are writing, you know, government subsidized mass transit every day to get to the Capitol. And <laughs> apparently, apparently they can't have that in San Fran because, you know, about San Francisco. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and actually, you know, Senator Ernst and others have sort of started this war on the idea of bringing earmarks back. But, you know, you know, these public works projects, I mean, Cedar Rapids had to wait 10 years to get its federal funding for a flood wall. If there had been earmarks, they would already be built as we sit here now. I mean, it, it would have been funded, you know, just not long after the flood, probably. So, you know, sometimes earmarks are for stuff that doesn't deserve it. And then other times it's, you know, worthwhile projects that just get gummed up in the bureaucracy. And there's no one in Congress now that can, that can, you know, cut through the red tape. Well, speaking of deserving, um, Todd, um, 
the Biden bonus checks will begin arriving just as March Madness gets underway. Uh, <laughs> any thoughts on how you will spend that check? Oh, you know, beer and hot wings, I guess, <laughs> during the tournament would be, you know, that's a lot, I realize, but I mean, if, if Iowa goes, goes deep, I mean, that's, you know, it's going to be right. costly. So, Hi, I'd like to place a $1,400 order. For <laughs> <laughs> uh, beer, hot wings, pizza. <laughs> well, I just, I just give them the 1400 bucks and then just keep ordering there you go. Just start a tab. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it will go to something very worthwhile, home improvement or, or something. It's, there you go. There yeah. you go. Well, that's it for this edition of On Iowa Politics. If you enjoyed the podcast, tell a friend and subscribe to us wherever you find your podcast. Send fan mail to podcast at thegazette.com. And you can find us on the home pages of the Quad City Times, Sioux City Journal, Muscatine Journal, Mason City Pools Gazette, Waterloo, Cedar Falls Courier, and the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Item nine of the Mad Hatters will take us out. If you know an Iowa band or a musician who should be on our show, send us a sound file and subscribe to On Iowa Politics on iTunes and Stitcher. For Amy, Tom, Todd, and our producer, Stephen, I'm James Lynch. Thanks for listening. Stay well.
That's right. Keep walking, girl.